0: of truth out here in the desert my name's Taz and I'm Kirsten and uh that's all I all I wrote down actually my, my notebook's pretty empty now so you don't have to take the reins on this one really you, yep. you honestly just had an intro I got that's nothing right. oh that's that's where the magic is that's where <laughs> I bring the magic in with the intro and that's about it it
1: wasn't even that magical it's pretty
0: magical Mm-hmm. all right what do you got cold calling
1: yes you know how companies will call you randomly
0: oh I went with a different type of cold calling but go on
1: no no it's going on just bear with me okay you know how infuriating it is when you go oh that looks like an important number or you're waiting for an important call but you're not sure what the person's number is so you answer every call and you sometimes get those cold calling companies that are like hi i was just wondering if you
0: considered changing over your electricity Thankfully, it hasn't happened to me ever. I'm very lucky. That's never happened to you? Never. But you're aware of it? I've seen it happen to other people in the same room as me and watch them lose their minds over it, but it's never happened to me. All right. What what I was thinking was, do you think that's what Ouija boards are? So we're like cold calling
1: dead people and irritating them? Could you imagine being a ghost? You're in your spectral form. You're doing your own thing. You're having a wonderful time. And then some idiot either kids or teenagers
0: of course
1: yeah of course you're going to be angry when you come down because i mean no one ever goes like a cold caller calls you you don't ever go oh thank goodness yes i was thinking about changing my electricity so glad you called that is
0: a distinct possibility
1: yeah i was just thinking about that the other day i was like because i got caught i got cold called again and I just thought, man, that's exactly what ghosts must feel like on their Ouija boards. And no wonder they're so angry. Like, you never get a good spirit that's like, oh, hi, how
0: are you? I'm a boy that was that killed in a thrashing machine. Threshing machine? Threshing, Threshing machine. machine, yeah. Although thrashing machine does sound pretty gory as well. Who <laughs> would build a thrashing machine? Also sounds like one of those metal bands, the thrashing machine. Does a bit, but a bad one. <laughs> Jimmy Jones and the thrashing machines. Oh, that's cute. I there like that. What if Ouija boards are like one of those ancient artifacts that are handed down from generations of generations of witches that literally just allow one group of kids to contact another person, but through their phone and it just gets garbled and irritates them. And like, we use technology and dark magic to irritate humans. Excellent. And then one witch looks at the other and goes, that does nothing for the cause, Cecil. Cecil? But- I was thinking of... I was trying to think of a female name. And Cecilia? I Cecilia. Cecilia. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Excellent. I feel like that's where
0: your brain was going,
1: but Cecil came out.
0: I don't even know where my brain was going. Cecilia.
1: That's a great song. It's a song? Yep. Oh. It's I'll tell you a your word for it. It's a song with the name Cecilia in it. There you go, guys. Some facts to take to the bank. Oh. The bank of facts.
0: They do like the names of songs to be the names of people. This is true. Billie Jean, Roxanne, Barbara Ann, Seal, apparently. Yeah. there's no, Cecilia. Cecilia.
1: Um, Oh, Who's the one that Dolly Parton sang about? Jolene, Jolene. There you go. Yeah, yeah, all right. That's a sad song. Hmm. I was thinking about that too, that songs because I listen to a lot of music on my morning runs, Mm. and there are just some that really get you into this weird mindscape where where you're totally out of your own head, you know? You're not thinking about, oh, my knees are sore because I'm running too much or, you know, what am I going to do when I get to work or – should I use a particular soap when I should? Like, you're out of that completely. You're not even there anymore. You're just in another realm. And some yeah. music does that. And I was just thinking, like, what if it's like an incantation? Okay, gotcha. Because was it? Yes, it would have been you because I don't talk to anyone else. <laughs> Who was saying that I think, was it the Dark Tower series? I don't know. No, I it haven't, was something I you haven't would read just, that. I haven't read that. Something you were just recently watching or reading or listening mm-hmm. to where... The person went back in time and got a metal band to make a song that was actually
0: to hold the witch at bay. Alan Wake. Ah, there you go. On Xbox 360. Oh, okay. It's a game. (laughs) I I didn't bring up the game, guys. I didn't bring up the game. That was Kirsten. I forgot it was a game. It just sounded so cool. It's got a very cool story to it. Yeah. Music does have that weird kind of effect on people. Not all
1: songs, though, because I listen to music the entire time I'm running and not all of them do it. But one song can just boost you into this... You know, if a particular song comes on, I've if I'm flagging and my muscles are aching and I just want to stop, there's a, a particular song will come on and it's like you just get this boost, this rush, and you just go. Actually, I can keep running. This is great. It's
0: it's like a physical manifestation. I think if an alien race that was very different to humans encountered us and saw the effect that particular songs and music's have on large groups of people they would actually think it's magic yeah. or something like it I it would th- it would defy explanation for them they're like how is everybody now kind of on this same weird wavelength because of weird sounds and it it does have a visceral and emotional response like you see people at concerts just crying and I think music is like one of humanity's earliest forms of magic well, like because yeah,
1: we had those even in the earliest of days we had music we had drumming and,
0: yeah, like and all the tribal music, drumming yeah Like, the the battle music they would play in colonial times, like, in the War for Independence for America. Yeah. Like, they'd have, I mean, I know they had the drums because that was basically, like, to march in line, but you don't need the flute or anything else, but it's still part of it. And it kind of became this battle hymn for them. And all the other different uh, groups throughout time that have had some sort of music, whether it be, like, you know, goat's horns or giant friggin' huge long horns that the north people would use and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah like african tribes rain sticks yeah like that's music and it it's is. so bizarre it and is. then anyone who's kind of around that even people who aren't part of that that social group they still kind of feel something like oh weird it's got a very magical effect
1: oh yeah, it totally does in south africa when i was growing up there they had this thing called the gumboot dancing and it was guys that would dance with gumboots on, but, but the sound of the gumboots hitting the floor was mm. the music.
0: Nice. And
1: sometimes they would... Um, Say so they put bottle
0: caps on them? Bottle well. caps, yeah. loose
1: bottle caps on the boots.
0: I remember you telling me that. And was even like, on a stick. they like feet tambourines. Yeah,
1: so they shake and they... So every time they dance or hit a beat with their feet, it would make music. So they were making their own music while they yeah, danced. Yeah. It was really incredible to watch. And I don't have a cultural connection to that because it's not my culture, but it's still create like it's part of your history, like it's part of your childhood. And- oh, yeah, but I think anyone watching, I could show it to you now, and even you would have a, a response to it because it is it's so primal, that mm. connection to music, I think, in a way. Yeah. Although that said, I cannot abide by
0: that throat singing. Oh, God, I hate oh, that. Although the Tuvan and Mongolian throat singing. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like uh, it, Some people hear, like it, like people that can hear certain sounds, you know, like will hear the the bat deterrent. Some people can hear that frequency. Some people can't. So it's probably the same with like certain instruments or certain rhythms and beats. Some people find things very annoying and irritating, whereas other people find it very relaxing and soothing. Actually, that's a good point for the podcast,
1: guys. The reason Taz brings up the um, bat noise is because I was telling him, I was standing in the kitchen and I could hear this sort of high-pitched music, but it was was more like an alarm, but not an alarming alarm, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like, pew. And I was like, what is that? Very, very high-pitched. And I said to Charlie, can you hear that? And... He stood there and he thought about it for a bit and he went oh yeah no I can hear it but I've asked everybody else no one else can hear it so I was like maybe we're insane I've got some sort mm. of like insane child and myself and then I would be going on my early morning runs and I mean really early it is dark when it's when I'm out there so it's pitch black we're in suburbia so there's not a lot of street lights so I'm running in the dark and I can still hear this noise so I first heard it in my kitchen. And then I could hear it, no matter what street I was running down. I would hear this noise, and I'd I convinced myself, obviously, because it was dark and creepy, and it's also really misty in the mornings here too. So you're running through the mist, that like there was some sort of weird creature, you know, a bit like the um, the cockroach creature in the that movie. Mimic. Mimic. That's it. He made the clicky sounds, didn't he? Yeah, but I was thinking this one would was just like that, but making a different sound. Mm-hmm. And I could almost imagine it like jumping from roof to roof following me. And it's like, oh, she can hear me. So I thought about this for days and eventually I brought it up to Taz and he goes, oh, you mean the bat noise? <laughs> I was just going, what? And he's like, yeah, that's to her bats. It's a high pitch frequency that upsets the bats. And obviously they've positioned around the suburb. So I'd convinced myself that I was being followed by this horrible
0: supernatural entity. And it was just bat noise. And that's like, if, if you're not familiar with it, it's very creepy and discordant. And, you know, there are probably many groups of people that have gone to countries on the other side of the world, heard their particular, you know, tone of music, whatever instruments or songs and have found it very unsettling. Whereas in the same group of people, you might have found someone who found it very alluring because everyone has that weird kind of difference with their inner ear and the outer ear and all the internal parts of your your brain. True. Some sounds irritate people and are uh, soothing to others. That's true.
1: It's a bit like art as well. Like
0: with Aboriginal art, I
1: don't... I'm not a fan. Yeah. And I want to. I want to really like it because it's got a beautiful story behind it and the colours are lovely and the amount of work and effort
0: that goes into it. It's huge. It just doesn't... uh, Everyone, yeah, please me aesthetically. Yeah, everyone sees things differently. Like, your your brain may not find the same kind of patterns that other people that like that art do. And, and so, thousands
1: of people do. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, to you, I mean, you, you'll see that, yeah, that's an emu or that's a goanna. And I get that it's made in little dots, but your brain won't find that kind of pattern that gives you that weird little tingle. Like, you know, looking at a magic eye, some people will be like, it's dumb, whereas some people instantly can see it because the way their brain sees patterns or whatever else is going on. Yeah. It's the same thing for art. Like I'll look at certain pieces of art and be like, I find that really irritating. I hate, I i don't hate, I dislike most portraiture landscapes, whereas I like physical art, so sculptures and things. like And oh, just right. the 3D of that. Some paintings I'll be like, oh, that's amazing. But if I go into a museum, I'll always walk past where all the portraits and paintings are and go look at the physical art. So I'll go look at the the pottery or the mats that they've woven, the the armor and the arms or the canoes and all that kind of stuff. And I find that more interesting just because my brain prefers that three-dimensional space for that creation. And also if there's a practicality to it, I go, yeah, that was useful to someone. That wasn't just some rich toss who went, I've got a painting on my wall. Okay, that makes sense. Whereas I do
1: love art. <laughs> yeah, everybody's oh my different. God. If you guys are ever in England, go to the Tate. They've got some of the most beautiful pre-Raphaelite art I've ever seen. Pre-Raphaelite art. Anyway, but this could get really wanky really quickly, so I'm going to stop now. I didn't study art. I just enjoy it. Um, Okay, so my second thing that I was thinking about, my second shower thought,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and this is pretty wacky. Okay. I was thinking that maybe cryptids are part of, like, you know, the Buddhist concept of reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And when, let's say, you die – Right, mm-hmm. you get an option. Oh, so like you get to these gates, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like a set of gates, and there's a dude out the front, ding, ding. like a waiter, Next place. no, like a waiter <laughs> who's like, What would Sir like this evening? And you can pick which afterlife you'd prefer. Okay, so you know, if you want to, you know, Buddhist afterlife, you go to reincarnation, mm-hmm. if you Christian, you go to that weird cloud city. Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was thinking, what if one of the options was, it was like reincarnation. And with reincarnation, you've got to start from the bottom and work your way up. Gotcha. So you start from like an ant, and then you're like a cockroach, and then a rat, and Mm -hmm. then you got to work your way up to the bigger animals before you can become a human again. Gotcha. I was thinking with cryptids, one of the options could be that. So you start as like the worst cryptid, like, I don't know, what's it called, the lightning worm?
0: Oh, the Mongolian
1: deathworm? That's it, the Mongolian deathworm. So you start as like the Mongolian deathworm
0: and you can work you your way. You start as the gigantic destroyer of worlds. He's not that big. They're pretty big. I'm, I don't think so. They're like 20 feet long. They're huge. Oh, all right.
1: Well, you think of something that's not as amazing fairies. All right. Oh, they're still hominid though. Maybe you've got a really primal brain. You're like the fairies in the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Which are actually just like midgies. They bite
0: you and stuff. That's literally what I think of when I think of like fairies. I don't think of Tinkerbell. I think of those like horrible feelings that a gnome sprays with the yeah, little spray canny, yeah. like and she's smacks like, them and kills Oh, him. no,
1: you don't it hurt the fairies. Me, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're horrible little. Nasty midges. little blighters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, I wish he would have been Scottish. That would have been funnier.
0: I can't even remember his voice. I just know that he had like a real warty face. His name was Hoggle. Oh, cool.
1: Yeah. This is one of my favorite films. Anyway. Mm. But yeah, so you can work your way up because I know given the choice, how much would ninety nine percent of people go straight for vampire? Probably. Yeah, exactly. So that would be like near the end. Mm-hmm. So you have to work your way through the cryptids. I wonder how many people would opt for that?
0: You'd be so like What's what's the system of uh, of uh elevation, I suppose. What's the system of elevation? Like, what, you just got to live through your 13 days as a midgy and then no, 45 days No, I was thinking... A-
1: okay, this is where it gets really philosophical. Okay. I was thinking about it in a sort of Nietzschean way. Okay. So his whole premise and his idea... Have you heard of the Ubermensch? Yes. Okay. So his whole thing was that you need to take away... Sort Power was the ultimate thing that all people strive for. Mm-hmm. So it's not sex or any of those things. The major drive was power. And the best way to garner power was to break off the shackles of morality, like a human systems of morality to become the Ubermensch so that you are the Superman who um, is not shackled down by all this morality and you can become your sort of the ultimate person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what the ultimate cryptid would be. So you're breaking away from humanity as much as possible. So you don't have – because that's the whole point of being a cryptid is to – break away from those whole ideas, It's you know, tooth and claw, it's kill or be killed Mm -hmm. and be as stealthy and secretive as possible. You're not out there baking cookies for orphans. You're out there, you know, eating to survive and being stealthy and making sure that you're hidden under the cover of darkness and maybe even, having some sort of, if you're a werewolf, you make sure you've got a pack and you've got a pack hierarchy. So it's separating yourself as much from humanity as possible. And once you've uh, reached that level that that cryptid is possible, is capable of, you move your way up the ladder until you become you know, a vampire who have totally given over to their animal instincts so their morality is completely out of the window. Like if you think – I'm thinking of the Anne Rice vampires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can kill and have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want. It's that level of – what's the word I'm looking for? Not
0: debauchery, but um, hedonism. Mm-hmm. So you do whatever you feel like. So why aren't there a million and one little midgy fairies killing us all with all the people that I think people don't and- opt
1: for it. That's, that's a long truck. There's a reason why, you know – there's not a lot of reincarnation, evidence of reincarnated people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's a long slog to get your way all the way up there. And okay. maybe that we are. Maybe midgies are fairies. We just haven't looked hard enough.
0: Mm.
1: You know, you slap something on your leg and go, ow, that hurt. Probably a midgie. Did you go and look for its body? Probably not.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Maybe they're everywhere. Maybe. Mm. They've got, like. Cloaking technology. Oh, like Bigfoot. <laughs> like Bigfoot. They're all sharing the same cloaking technology. Maybe. Oh my goodness.
1: But yeah, I don't know. That went a bit down the rabbit hole for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, look, solid theory. Any theory like that, where you just look at it going, sounds too good to be true. Like, why wouldn't everyone take it? I don't think. I just don't people... think
1: everyone's like you. I think you've got this terrible misconception that people are like you. Okay. No, not like me. Your option is to walk through pearly gates into a cloud city where all your dead pets and relatives are, or go way back and become a little primal fairy biting people.
0: Well, how about all the edgy teens that have joined Kool-Aid cults? Wouldn't they be picking the the cryptid path? Isn't that their jam? They could become an Anne Rice vampire at what they think is gonna be a short slog? I think it would they their brains
1: would melt, honestly. <laughs> I think they'd get up to the waiting room.
0: The waiting room.
1: And that's what I've determined ding, it's ding. called. Yeah. They'd get up to the waiting room and go, Wait, I killed myself and all my friends and this isn't the heaven I was promised? Weren't we told we were gonna get picked up by aliens?
0: Oh, they usually do, don't they? Yeah. Like a spaceship's going to something take
1: them like off. that. You know, it's that like, it's not the heaven they were promised. It's oh. all possible heavens and they get to I think their brains would explode because they're taught that this is the only one true path. Gotcha. I'm like, wait, I cut my lung, my my young life short for no reason.
0: My young life short.
1: Because I had edi- any amount of options Where's when I my got spaceship? here. spaceship? Yeah, exactly. Maybe there is. Maybe it's like, okay, as he's walking you past the doors, and this is crazy cult people. <laughs> and there's like all these aliens in there, and they're having like a little alien disco. Alien disco, I like it. I don't know why my brain always goes to disco. I, I have... I'm never going,
0: disco? I'm never going to not be able to imagine little grey men in a disco with like a disco ball and they're all just like doing weird like marionette dances. <laughs> I hope so. Speaking of aliens, and this is going to be a 30 second trek to get to that point. So I was listening to a lot of Greek mythology. Yep. And uh, there are a lot of stories about Greek gods abducting, raping, and forcing shape shifting upon mortals as punishment for actions. Sounds a lot like shit that aliens do to people.
1: Oh, that's exactly what we were discussing on a previous podcast, that they used to come down here, yep, turn us into like human weird hybrids with animals, yep, and then ping off because they did their wacky experiments. Yep. That sounds very plausible. Mount
0: Olympus, a place that's far above the clouds where lightning flashes that no one else can ascend to but the gods. Sounds a lot like a little mothership or something to that effect. And... <laughs> And this falls. This also falls into now becoming known ancient history yep. with a little touch of ancient aliens. So one of the first cities that Athena visited mm. was called Attica. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with the name of this, att- this Attica? So this is from Greek mythology.
1: No. It's one of the first
0: great Greek cities, Attica. Okay. Uh, so essentially, Attica had a king. And Athena went to the king and said, hey, I'm going to be your patron goddess. And he's like, that sounds like a pretty dope deal. Poseidon rolled up and said, no, 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 no. I'm going to be your patron god. And the king was like, oh, sweet. Two Two gods want to be patrons to my town? All about it. And Athena was like, no, 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 you got to pick one. Poseidon's like, yeah, you got to pick one. And so they're like, okay, what can you bring to me? And so Athena's gone, I shall create this and creates the first olive tree. And it's kind of like the fruit does this and all the virtues that we now know that the Greek people enjoyed from olives for many, many, many centuries. Yep, yep, yep. Poseidon's like, huh, that's pretty lame. And essentially opens up a giant spring of salt water in the middle of the town. Upon hearing this, I'm like, this doesn't sound useful at all. Why do you want salt water? But apparently because the the city itself was a landlocked city. So they'd never seen the sea. So having access to the sea apparently had some benefit, probably fish or some nonsense. Okay. Anyway. I had the same thought. I was like, salt water? How's that helpful? Yeah. So anyway, uh, the king of Attica's like, oh, well, that's pretty cool, but this here tree, this is going to provide us with a lot of wealth and a lot of money. I pick Athena. Poseidon was not about that. He flooded the shit out of that town and that, that city was essentially wiped off the face of the map. And the the water rose so high in Greece that only the highest peaks of all of Greece were left above water. And that's why the Greek islands exist. Oh, right. And that's all that's left. Oh, that's like Atlantis and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, the big old flood that happened 12,000 years ago. Well, that, that wiped, was documented in the Bible. That wiped lots of civilizations off the map in stories. And now they're finding like actual evidence going, this is when the last big cataclysm happened to earth and kind of wiped out a whole bunch and you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, that might be the people that ended up living in Greece. That's their origin story of what happened during the Great Flood. Same as, yes, Noah and the the floods in the Christian Bible, which I think came from the, the Hebrew Bible, wasn't it, originally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that kind of falls into that, that big old flood that happened between 10 and 12,000 years ago that Joe Rogan's mate's always talking about.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Huh. There you go. Yeah. But... That's happened a lot back in the day. Yeah. They don't tend to happen that but much But just anymore. to
0: bring it back to an alien tilt, I reckon uh, aliens got really angry and shot a giant laser beam at the poles and melted a whole bunch of ice. There you go. I made it less believable. Aliens. <laughs> so aliens. Like, that feels very tacked on. Yeah, that was very tacked on. <laughs> it's like, I, I like, want to talk about history. Oh, my God. Taz is sounding really logical. What's going on? Ah, uh, aliens shot a giant laser beam at the planet. Ha-ha. <laughs> Warming. Do laser beams exist? They do, but probably not in the way that we think they do. I wonder if you can get pew-pew lasers. Uh, It requires a very large power source, but yes. Yeah, there's a guy that actually created one when he's popping balloons. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, you can put you would a just black need, dot. Yeah, you'd need like the crazy power source to do that. So. But you
1: don't have the laser beams that you can see like in Star Wars. You know how when they shot, you can no. see the movement of the laser?
0: Yeah, because the laser beams, I don't think, become a separate projectile. Yeah, I think the lasers are more like Star Trek, where it is like a phase, a continuous phaser beam, because the source is projecting it out. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, we've always gone, oh, it's a you know thirty-centimeter <coughs> beam that shoots out. It's like, well, it's n- no. That's not how science that works. That would need to be a physical projectile <laughs> for the most part. That being said, like the plasma gun that they're making, you know, like he's got the guy with the plasma coils, and it has the big uh, purpley blob of. Like, energy's so like, boom. I haven't seen that. I'll show you a video of it. It's very cool. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't remember the exact name of it, but there's... Yeah. Stay tuned for a later episode where Kirsten talks about nothing but that like, plasma coils. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think it's plasma. It's like a plasma gun. Yeah. It's the same stuff that when they make that little plasma burst inside of a um, giant water jug. Yep. Yeah, it's that, but essentially he shoots it and he can Ow. knock stuff over with it. It's not like crazy powerful. as blowing holes through cars or anything, but it's like knocking bottles over. Do it's we use cool. the word
1: plasma too much? Probably not you and I, as in like humans, humans, because there's plasma in the blood, yes, right? And that's obviously different to what they're using, yes, and which, or at least I, I think,
0: but I'm not a scientist, I don't know,
1: yeah. And then there's like ectoplasm, true, that's also plasma, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I wonder what the, there's probably like some Greek or Latin root for the word plasma,
1: yeah. I just feel like it's very used
0: for any, hey, it's a thing, call it plasma. There was a little um, claymation cartoon that I think was English in origin called Plasmo. Oh, yeah, there was. He was in space and there was a weird little dog called Nick Nick. And he was with the two like bounty hunter pirates and they were in a little ship. It was oh, a little five the- minute show that was in between shows. Was it, did he have a really gross face with one big bulbous eye? Yeah. 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 That was the taller of the bounty hunters and the other one was like the short dumb one. And they had a Jaffel maker on their um, space station and they were trying to figure out how to make the jaffle maker work. <laughs> if it was like a weapon or something, I think.
1: Oh, for the rest of for our American listeners, a Jaffel maker is a sandwich press. I don't think they've got Jaffel makers
0: over there. They might. Okay, they okay, could. They might. Okay, could. They got waffles. Okay. So maybe they got Jaffels. Waffles and Jaffels. Who knows? But yeah, I like reading and listening to little kind of mythologies and going, oh, that... I've started to think about that more after a lot of those Joe Rogan episodes where I'll hear like the ancient stories about things and go, Oh, that's like a creation of the land myth, but it's really just this giant thing happened that kind of reshaped the way the world works. Yeah. Oh, that's a natural disaster right there. I think it'd be so funny if it all
1: ended up to be true. where like all the historians and scientists were like, Oh, it was actually because of climate change at that particular occurrence or some sort of asteroid Mm -hmm. impact. And, Yeah, no, the the evidence is strongly pointing to the fact that it was, like, an alien missile or
0: something. Yeah, they are like, oh, these guys are getting real, like, they're projecting our course and they're like, oh, you guys are messed up. Oh, we got a few minutes. Here's one for you. All right. This kind of, my train of thought falls into it, but it's not really the same. Have you heard of uh, Roku's Basilisk? No. Roku's Basilisk is a thought experiment that ended up on, like, some random little website where, you know, Gwipnik nerds talk about stuff to make themselves sound really cool and smart. Okay. But it was quite cool. I heard about it. Sounds like my kind of place. Yeah. The the guy that I watched on YouTube that tried to spruik it up, he tried to make it sound much more horrifying than it was. But it's a cool little thought experiment. So, thought experiment goes as such. At some point in the future, we develop an AI. Mm-hmm. It finally becomes sentient and it is capable of just massively increasing its intelligence exponentially as we theorize that AI will be able to do. Yeah, The AI then maps out human thought. Uh, it can essentially in its thoughts in the space of a nanosecond, uh, get all the information that it has access to about you, recreate the way that you looked, the way that you thought and be able to create a proper tangible line of what your train of thought was about everything spanning backwards and forwards. So it can know for absolute fact whether or not you opposed its existence ever being created or being for it. Yeah. So it then actively goes and wipes out every person who thought negatively about that AI based upon this algorithm that's created to go, oh, I can say pretty strongly 99.999% chance that Kirsten was like, nah, don't let the uh, AI exist kill it off before we even started. So then it goes, well, at some point you were a threat to my creation. I'm going to kill you. Does it go back in time? Or? It doesn't go back in time, but it essentially from the fragment, like th- at the moment right now, it can study everything about you and know what you will think in the future and what you thought we got Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So I'm not aware of it. So it no. would be looking at my future thoughts. This, gotcha. is, this <laughs> is this super intelligence in a snap thought yep, looking boop, boop. at 7 billion people going, which way would they think? Yep. Should I exist or not? Gotcha. So – Now, by me telling you this, you now have the thought in your brain that it could calculate at some point in the future that it will exist and it will kill you if you don't believe in it. And so the whole thought experiment was like, oh, how trippy and scary would it be? Because now you've got to decide whether or not you're going to let it exist. And people were like, this is dumb. And the main guy that ran the website deleted it. Because, like, this is dumb. This is pointless. I'm getting rid of it. But then it started this whole dialogue in the group going, but what if... And they people were getting real tripped out about it and freaking out. It's like, oh, but now if I don't agree with this sentient AI that might exist in the future, it's going to kill me. And so that was called Roku's Basilisk. Because the whole Basilisk, you know, looking at you and turning yep, you to yep, stone yep. thing. But the reason I had that thought is because the aliens that nuked the planet 12,000 years ago could have had the technology to look at us in 12,000 years' time going... Oh, they're messed up. Let's just slow them down. Uh, you've them said that of. a few times,
1: actually, yeah. that they, they would have slowed us. They've had a look at that p- projected growth and just gone, yeah, let's just do some stuff to really cripple yeah. them. The listeners right now like, what was the point of Roku's
0: Basilisk? It filled two minutes. You're welcome.
1: Um, also, the fact that, you know, it's very much like that scientific theory of you change something by viewing it. Yes. So being aware of what could potentially happen with Roku's Basilisk means that you would automatically, and I don't know if this is just me, you're automatically against it. I don't want to go out killing anyone. Mm. So my gut reaction would be against AI because I'm aware of the basilisk.
0: Yes. But
1: had you not told me that story, it could have scanned my brain and
0: I would have been totally open to AI. That was the whole thing about yeah. the basilisk. Like by me mentioning it to you, you are now a target. Yeah. 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 Thanks for that. You are welcome. <laughs> well, think of it this way and this way you can protect your brain You want it to exist because you are in no position to stop it from existing, so what's the point of being killed for thinking it shouldn't exist?
1: I've also got that, um, what do you call it? Elon Musk, however, does need to abide by the rules of Roku's basilisk. Yes, yes, he does. Mm. That sort of flirtation with danger, where you kind of want to see what happens. You know, it's a bit sort of like why you vote
0: Trump in. Oh. Just to go,
1: "I I wonder how bad this would go.
0: I don't have that thing in my brain. Oh, really? No. I kind of would
1: be like, the the AI would scan my brain and be like, you were initially against me, but then weirdly you flipped to yeah. just go, I wonder what would
0: happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ongoing calculation, I suppose. And at what point does it stop the calculation to go, yeah, I there's a 72% chance she would have gone for. So yeah. I'll yeah. I think that
1: I'm, I would be that person that um, probably changes their mind. You know, like if someone said to you, hey, Taz, you can either take the cyanide pill now or there's going to be a horrible world war and you may be blown up and killed in two weeks time. What do you do?
0: I want to take the cyanide
1: pill. Exactly. You want to see what happens. No, I just get two weeks extra. Makes no sense. Oh, okay. That's just. I kind of want to see what happens in a war. I could survive it. Like, I think that's what it is with human beings. It's hope. Oh. I might survive the war, but if I eat the cyanide pill, there's no hope. But you might survive
0: the cyanide pill if you're immune. Oh my god. Well, it's a good thing I've been eating those cyanide smoothies. And on that note, this has been Cram Bamble. <laughs> my name's Taz. And I'm Kirsten.
1: <laughs>